name is Patty. Number one. <laughs> I was going to say hi. <laughs> I like how you make faces like people are actually seeing our faces. You are. I know, I do. Well, that's because I can't hide my facial expressions ever. Um, All the time. All the time. And I still talk with my hands as if people can see me. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey guys, welcome back. Um, let's see, where should we start this week? Um, well, I thought we could just talk about our last episode, which was our first ever interview with a guest. Oh, yes. Shout um, out to Faya Bomb, an amazing artist out of Connecticut, now living in Atlanta, um, who was so nice and so sweet and so kind enough to come on and be our first guest. And uh, we hope it was as much of a good, positive, fun experience for her as it was for us, because we definitely had a good time um, doing it. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I will say that I was nervous um, when, you know, we were first going to meet with her and interview Definitely. her and stuff. Um, just because I didn't know, I, I mean, I didn't know what it was going to be like. We've never done it before, but luckily she was super open and just willing to talk, which is really, really nice. And uh, I'm sure we probably won't get that with every guest, mm-hmm. but one could only hope. I think we will. Um, I think we're very comfortable people to be around. I think so. I think we have a really, <laughs> like... <laughs> and I, and we give energy. them alcohol, so I mean, that and always... Food. <laughs> food and alcohol so who wouldn't want to open up to us <laughs> yeah um but I liked it I mean yeah. I think I enjoyed the interviewing and like having a guest on mm-hmm. I wouldn't say more but it was just nice it was more refreshing to not yeah. really be talking just about us and yeah. like being able to talk to somebody else and have you know that like attention shift a little bit yeah and I thought it was super dope just I, I like the interview fact. I've always enjoyed that, you know, in all my communication classes and stuff in college. Like, I always in, enjoyed, like, the interview aspects of projects and things like that and, like, article writing. So I definitely had a good time. And I thought – I always think it's cool when you're interviewing somebody and they – you can, like, literally feel like you guys shared, like, literally the same exact experiences and, like, just had so much in common. And I felt like we definitely had that with Firebomb. And so that was really cool. And, oh, for uh, sure. I yeah. feel like she's, like, our friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, we kept telling her, you're our friend now. <laughs> I don't know if she really believes us. I don't but, know if like, she does either. We're hanging out. When we go to Atlanta on our road trip, we're yeah. going. We'll definitely hit her up and meet up. And <laughs> I definitely want to go to her loft and see all that art in person because, you Me know, too. it's it's one thing to see it on the screen on, the, on her website or on her Instagram, but um, I definitely want to see all that stuff in person and get those vibes. Oh, for sure. It's It'll be like us going to an art, art exhibit. So perfect. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. Um, what else? So, yeah. Thank you, Firebomb. Um, we have big shoes to fill. Seriously. For our upcoming guests, guest slots. Yeah, we're working on a couple other ones coming up. So, hopefully, if you guys enjoyed that one... Um, you know, you'll enjoy the rest, and we'll have some interesting people to to interview and to tell their story for you guys. Yeah. Um, I was reading something the other day, actually, and I never really thought about our podcast in this way, but somebody, there was some, somebody else's podcast, um, their description was um, an on-air therapy session. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, holy shit, that's basically what we we do. Yeah. I mean, we come on here and we just talk about just, like, our personal things yeah. and for the world to hear and hopefully connect to. And I thought it was really cool that that interview almost was that in a way. You know, like, she she told us a lot of personal things. Yeah. Um, and not to say she hadn't talked. I mean, she's talked about it before, but it was really cool to feel like, you know, we were having a a real intimate session, but people can now listen in and like hear these things and maybe connect to it. Yeah. I mean, I was Um, telling her before we started when you were out like that, that, um, when we started this, that we both felt like it would just, even if it doesn't go anywhere, it would just be good for us in a therapeutic sense. Like sometimes mm -hmm. just talking, even if you're not talking about your personal issues or like problems or like negative things it's still just like kind of very therapeutic just to get things out and even like on a creative level just like talking about different things and like you know your juices just get flowing your brain gets flowing and so you know just like we've said before just talking things out is always you know a positive thing to do yeah for sure it's always my go-to sometimes I thought I talk about things a little too much like people think I'm crazy I'm like all right I guess I shouldn't have shared this with you <laughs> TMI TMI <laughs> um but um all right well I guess speaking of some therapy sessions um I this past week had a really nice long one-on-one with my dad That's which awesome. um it doesn't happen very often, but I was feeling like, I mean, after you told me about your one-on-one with your dad, mm-hmm. you know, I said how I've been, like, dying to sit down and talk to my dad, but I didn't want it to be forced, I didn't want yeah. it to be, like, anything, whatever, but um, it was just necessary, because I feel like I have all these feelings, and I know that he does, too, and he's not a very... Um, open person as I've said in past interviews he's not that emotional my dad is a very just kind of like logical man and he doesn't really share too much Mm -hmm. um so this past Sunday I actually organized a little like get together at my grandma's house with all my uncles my dad's brothers and um who he's you know hasn't hung out with all four of them in the same room in a really long time Yeah, it was really nice, and, like, some of my cousins came, and actually one of my cousins, she's six years old, it was my first time meeting her since she was born. Yeah, you know, different different family things, you know, things things happen, people grow up, Um, we used to all be really close when we were younger, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, but, like, as we get older, everybody goes their separate ways, college happens, and, like, people develop their own lives, Um, and then, you know, different, like, family issues that arise that just kind of keep people from getting together but it was really nice um everyone seemed really happy but my dad was still kind of like my dad's not you know he wasn't as talkative he was just kind of like there we were looking at old family pictures and he didn't really like want to look and I was just like not understanding you know like I was just like I don't get it like is he sad like is he just not happy Mm -hmm. and so it was just making me really upset Because I was like, I just don't, you know, I just didn't understand. So, um, the next day, um, he, like, came home from work, and, you know, he's sitting in in the den just watching his show, and I just, like, went inside, and I just, like, sat there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, I think I'm really good at reading people, and I know when to, like, 
cry and when to just kind of like yeah. sit back and let someone just open up to me. Mm-hmm. So I um I just kind of sat there for a little bit and then I asked him something. I think I just started talking to him about work. Um and then I could tell that he was like open, you know, to just start talking about things. And then I just started asking like different questions like my dad is a really simple guy. Mm-hmm. Um and you know buying him gifts is always hard because he's so simple like he just is not materialistic he yeah. does not care about like bullshit things he doesn't like he doesn't need us to get him gifts ever and we're always just like oh you're just difficult you're so boring like you don't like anything you don't have any interests um but really he just doesn't want anyone to do all of that he just doesn't get the point you know mm-hmm. so um so I was just asking him I'm like well you know what we were just talking about work, and I was like, so how is it? And he's like, you know, it just keeps me busy, whatever. Um, he works for a moving company, a relocation company. Mm-hmm. So he's just, like, a consultant. He helps people, like, relocate through jobs and stuff like that. I interned for them once. Yeah, so, okay, so it's it's not the same exact company. Yeah. He used to work there, and then he transferred to a different one. But, yeah, so, you know. Um, and I was like, so, you know, when – what were, like, I was, like, you know, what, what were your dreams? Like, what, what would have been your dream job? Mm-hmm. And he's, like, you know, I don't know. I was, like, you don't know? And he's, like, no. Um, it's kind of weird, huh? And I was just, like, no, it's not weird. And he's, like, yeah, I don't, I was, like, you don't have any, like, you don't have any, like, interests, like, growing up, like, things that you wanted to pursue. And he's, like. How old was he when he came here? He came here in 76. Like, was he in um, high school or, like, college age or, like... It was right before college. Oh, okay. So, I mean, if he would have stayed, would he have gone... Like, what would he have gone to school for? Or would he well, not? Well, he did. He did. My dad did. He went to school. Um, he went to school for business. Oh, okay. Um, and then he got his master's, but I don't remember in what but yeah my dad is he's educated he came to america and then went to college oh um i just meant because like my dad before he came here he was in school to be an architect he was like a semester away from graduating so like i was just wondering if there was like something that he was pursuing before he had to switch his whole life up and come here no i mean my uncle told us that my dad was like really good at poetry Mm mm-hmm oh in high school yeah i was like oh my god it's all starting to make sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, the creative side. I'm like, why do I feel like this? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he told us that he was, like, really good at poetry. Like, my dad never shared that. He barely even remembers. He's like, really? You know, like, he has, like, selective memory. Mm-hmm. Like, other people remember things about him that he just doesn't remember. Yeah. And um, he used to recite it, you know, at school and stuff. So, I don't know. And I asked him about that. And he was like, no, that was just, like, something I did. Like, I, I enjoyed reciting it and, like, presenting things in front of people. Right. Um, but no, I, I don't think he ever got the opportunity to think about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't think in Lebanon, like under the circumstances, they were able to think about their dreams and the things that would have made them happy. Like it was just about survival and he escaped a war, you know, to come here. So I think it was just, he came here, he was like, you know, went to school, had to get an education and then had to, had to figure out how to make money, you know, like how to just have a life. Um, so yeah, we just talked a little bit about that and really it was just, I just wanted to know if like, if if he was happy and we had a lot of, we had a really emotional conversation. We talked about him, my mom, you know, the marriage, 
um, and just like different things and just the different struggles my dad has gone through. And it was really nice to just get his side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm starting to get emotional. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it was just nice. It was nice to talk. It was some things were difficult to hear. Mm-hmm. But I I thought it was really great that he was able to get it out. And then, you know, we had a little moment where we hugged it out. Aww. And I told him how much I appreciate him. <sighs> what is life, dude? <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, and that I just want him to be happy. <sighs> and that I love him. And he shed a, l- a couple of little tears. I've only seen my dad cry, like, not even not even five times in my life. <laughs> like, when his grandfather passed away, and mm-hmm. then, like, a couple other times. I'm sorry, when his father passed away. But, um, yeah, it was nice. It was really nice to have that. And, um, did you guys like touch on like the move and like all that stuff and how he's feeling about that at all? Um, no, we didn't really talk about that. I didn't really talk about me. Like it was more about him. Like mm-hmm. there'd be moments where I thought he'd be, he was done talking and I would just kind of sit there mm-hmm. and like just wait. And then he'd like talk about something else, but it was mostly about him coming to this country, all the things that he struggled with, um, And just, like, how he thought his life was going to end up. Yeah. But he's so, like, my dad just doesn't complain. You know, even as he was telling me things, he's like, I'm not trying to complain. I'm like, no, it's okay. I want you to, like, share these things with me. You know, let it out. Um, And he's just a very, like I said, he's just a very logical person. He understands that life happens and Mm -hmm. things happen. My dad is really, really wise. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a really smart guy. And um, he is very spiritually in tune. So he just understands that things are just like a circle of life. And like, you can't know what he's, he literally said to me, he's like, nobody's given a perfect situation. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, So he's just kind of, he's accepting you know, mm-hmm. but I guess I just always thought like maybe he wasn't, maybe he struggled with things, and I think he does. I think he looks back a lot and like wishes he could change certain things or done things differently. And I guess m- what I want to do is just get him to be at a place where he's like at peace yeah. and understands that he still has like full control of his life. You know, I think like people get to a certain age and they and they lose hope. They think that that's it. Like, this is it. Let me just accept the way I'm living Mm -hmm. and whatever. But I want him to be happy. Like, I want him to be, I don't want him to just be, like, I don't know, just, like, existing. Mm -hmm. I want him to, like, be excited about life and things. And I mean, I'm sure he will be because I feel like, you know, you had that conversation with your dad. You know, I I talked to you and Lindsay about, you know, I had a very similar um, conversation with my father about, you know, him coming, um, over here and leaving his family. And, um, it's just, it's, it's crazy how similar the stories are. Obviously, um, different 
specific situations, but just overall how they are and how um, logical they are and how understanding they are and just how much of, like, a family man both of our fathers are. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, thank God that we both, you know, have had that. Um, my parents are a little bit younger, but their kids are a little bit older. And I think that your parents are a little bit older, but you still have, like, a younger sister and a younger brother that even though, like, you're pretty good now, and if it was just you, they probably could start to, like, bring it down and start relaxing and, like, maybe thinking about other things that they'd want to do. Because um, I saw that change in my parents after I went away to college, you know? Mm. And, like, all that stuff happened. But, like, you still have your little sister who, like, both, well, both of your little siblings, like, still live with them and, like, you know, things like that. So it's more of, like, they're still taking care of you guys. So I feel like once all of you are, like, good and, like, really like on your own and taken care of like maybe they'll start having that feeling because I feel like that's what I've seen with my parents like my sister's married she has a kid she's good she's got her family blah blah like I'm good I graduated college you know I got a job I lived on my own now I'm gonna move and like my mom went back to school at like 49 or 48 however old she was to be a chef because that's what she's always wanted to do like my dad started traveling like the world after like I went away to college and stuff so you know, I definitely think that he'll have that, and you'll be able to see it. You know, it's just, you know, in the I know. trajectory. So I know. I guess I. I guess I just think differently. Like I'm always thinking, like I can die tomorrow. You mm-hmm. know, like life is too short to just wait for things to settle. But mm-hmm. I mean, I. I guess through the conversation with my dad, I learned that like he really just. He looks at things very differently, mm-hmm. and that was part of the process in talking to him is was helping him understand a different side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, even things that he would say about my mom, like, I would just flip it and be like, well, what, what if you just looked at it like this? Yeah. Because this is how I look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, find a, a different, like, an appreciation for some of the mm-hmm. things. Um, whereas, like, a lot of things he kind of, like, takes as a, as a nuisance or, like, as right. not necessary or whatever because he is so simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It was a lot. I think, I mean, I'm hoping that once we move, it'll be, it'll just give him a reason to travel, give mm-hmm. him a reason to, you know, see a new place. He's never been in California. Um, and as, as hard as I think, you know, it, it's going to be and we're already, you know, we already don't communicate that much. Mm -hmm. So I don't want it to get worse. And I told him that I was like, I don't want to not talk when I move. I was like, I want you to talk to me. I want you to tell me things. (sighs) So I think, and we've talked about it before. Like, I think it actually will get better. And you know, my dad said the same thing to me. He's like, I don't want you to just call me when things are like wrong or something. Like you can call me when they're good too. And like, but yeah. he does want me to, like, hit him up if, like, I'm in some kind of trouble, whether it's, like, physical, financial, emotional, whatever it is, because I've never been one to go to my dad and be like, oh, I can't make my fucking car payment. I can't pay my insurance. I can't pay my cell phone bill. Like, I will fucking eat tuna out of a can for three weeks straight to make payments on whatever I have to do because I don't want to go back to my parents and say, I need Word. money, you know? But, like, yeah. you know, and, he, and and maybe if, like, I go on vacation, like, I'm joking around, like, oh, give me 100 bucks, I'm going on vacation, but I've never asked for money for something that I actually need because yeah. I'm just very prideful in that myself. Like, I don't want my parents to think that I can't take care of myself ever. So, but we have yeah. that conversation where he's just like, you can call me for anything. Like, I'm not ever going to, like, make you feel bad about it or say no or 
you know, whatever it is. So, and then like with my mom, I feel like we actually will get along better once we're separated. I think so. <laughs> because. I mean, yeah. Like we just like suffocate each other. Well, she suffocates me more than I do her, but <laughs> living together, yeah. just me and her, it's, it's just so difficult and being on top of one each other all the time. And we just live completely different lives and it's just hard. So I feel like the, the distance makes the heart grow fonder. No, it will. Communication will definitely grow between like us and, you know, our parents and, you know, our families in general. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your mom and my mom are super similar. Like our parents are the same people. (laughs) Except Um, I'm closer with my dad and you're closer with your mom. (laughs) Yeah. It's so weird. Um, but I can see how that would work. Yeah. Like our personalities. But, um, yeah, I mean, my relationship got, I got way closer to my mom after I moved. Like, she's like my best friend. Like I tell her everything. Um, and I, that was another thing that I realized, like I, I was telling the other day about like, I think the reason why the relationship is the way it is with my dad. Um, you know, he was the only one working. Yeah. So I think, I think, honestly, after my parents had kids, things just got really rough, you know, Mm -hmm. for the relationship um, and whatever, because I think my mom just gave us so much attention. You know, Mm -hmm. she was a stay-at-home mom. She didn't want to work. She wanted to spend her time with us, Mm -hmm. and we're home with her all day, you know, and then my dad comes home at night, and you know, when can he develop that kind of relationship yeah. that my mom had. I feel like so. that probably happens a lot in marriages in general. Like, when you have kids and then you have, like, um, I mean, not that it's in a bad way at all, like, the way your mom handled it. That's obviously she loved you guys. She took care of you guys. She raised you. But there, I have seen um, situations and examples of, like, extreme levels of that where that completely breaks a marriage because then it's like you completely just left your husband who helped you make these kids right and like you know is here supporting you and even though he's not physically in the house with you and the kids every day like this house is here because your husband is out working and you're home taking care of your kids and stuff and right. they feel neglected you know they're human too they want you know interaction they want relationship they want emotions and conversation and things like that so it's definitely like uh, an issue sometimes in marriages for people is yeah. when the kids come along. Yeah, and I don't know if my dad is like resentful because he was deprived of like that real relationship, mm-hmm. you know, with me or whatever, but I do feel like that's part of it. Like, you know, I came along and then I was my mom's best friend, you yeah. know. So, um and it's crazy because I look at old pictures and like those videos I was watching mm-hmm. the other day and it was like a different, it was a totally different. Yeah, picture. it was. <laughs> that was crazy. You know, that's like right after I was born, they were so cute. My dad was so loving, always trying to hold me. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> and I just think that they need to see that. They mm-hmm. need to watch those things again. They need to remember like it couldn't, it wasn't always bad. Yeah. You know? Like absolutely. you guys, and you can make it work, but, um, yeah. I don't know why, but that just reminded me in the scene in Wedding Crashers, like, the opening scene when they're mediating between the, the husband and wife that are getting divorced, and that's, like, the thing that they use. They're like, don't you remember that you actually used to like each other? Like, why are you arguing about, like, frequent flyer miles and, like, the stuff they were going to separate shit. and divorce? Like, yeah. tell me about your wedding day. What was your wedding day like? And they take them on this journey of what their relationship was, and they're like, 
you know, we did like each other. All right, you could have the miles. Like, we don't need to argue. This is crazy. But it's just like, yeah, people just have to be reminded that they had positive, good feelings towards somebody else a long time ago. And, like, it's still there. It's just unfortunately buried under, like, some negative shit, some heavy stuff. So yeah, you just got to be reminded. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for my mom to come back from Lebanon because I feel like I'm just going to have, like, a sit-down couples therapy with my parents. <laughs> Like, I'm interested to hear how that goes. No, seriously, I, they need to sit down, and they don't know how to communicate with one another. That's yeah. their biggest thing. It's like a conversation turns into a fight, and yeah. like a hardcore fight. And um, they need a mediator, and they need to be able to have someone show them like the different sides. Yeah. You know, and understand each other. So I think it'll be good if they're if I can get them to sit down and actually yeah. talk. I mean, I kind of do it for my family now, not just my parents, but my sister as well, between everybody. I don't know why, but I seem to be the hub of communication, and I don't even like to talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) I do it, but I won't do it with both of them in the room together. Like, they'll get together and try to have a conversation, and they'll start arguing, and then both of them will tell me what happened from their perspective. Yeah. And, like, I could see where they totally missed each other, and Mm -hmm. then I'll be like, well, don't you think that he da-da-da-da or she... She wants to think of it this way or saw it this way. And then they'll like meet again and have the same conversation. It'll go like a little bit easier. But I, I wouldn't, I, I personally could not be sitting down at the table with them and trying to do it because it's like, it just won't work. Yeah. <laughs> but it might work yeah. for, for you guys. Yeah, I don't know. I just think they need to sit down and both of them need to get a lot of things off their chest. Like all the things that really have bothered them. Because I could tell like... It's all just, like, built-up mm-hmm. tension. It's all things that they just didn't get off their chest or, mm-hmm. like, express to one another, so they get mad over the smallest Which things. Which builds resentment, yeah. Exactly. So, and I don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. I don't want to move with this kind yeah. of energy, you know, leaving this kind of energy, because I do feel like sometimes I'm the bond, so like, I'm the yeah. glue, you know, that... Because I am the one that's always trying to talk about things and and be open about things. And I feel like once, if I leave, like, my brother is going to sit and talk to my parents about things. My, mm-hmm. I mean, my sister does, you know, here and there. But, like, my mom tells me everything. Mm-hmm. My dad will open up to me. And, like, I don't want to leave with things just undone, yeah. you know? Well, this was a good start for sure, I would say. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it'll get worked out. You have a couple months. Yeah, so... <laughs> She'll be home soon, but... Which is crazy. Uh, it's nuts, yeah. Um, I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, well, did you want to talk more about your talk with your dad, or do you said, you said everything you needed to say about it? Um, you guys had a really good talk. We did, we did. Um, I mean, it was basically just, like, the same thing he was... He just started we started talking about the move and he's always just been like, why, 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 da, 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 whatever. Like, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you buy this house? You know, just trying to give me all these other options. I'm just like, no, like those don't work for me. And then, um, 
he started telling me about the day that he left his house in Dominican Republic. And so <laughs> we were at um, a restaurant, sitting at the bar, <laughs> having food, because like every, like at least once a week or so, we'll go out to dinner together. And uh, we went to my cousin's restaurant, so like everybody knows us there. And we start talking, and we're watching the basketball games and stuff. And we start talking, and like I'm into my food, I'm eating, and then he started telling me um, about the night or the morning that he he left to go to the airport to come to America for the first time. And he was telling me how um, like he remembered this exact time. He was like 4:30 in the morning. The car pulls up to pick me up. I went to give my mom a hug, and and then he just like stopped, and I like look over at him, and he's like 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 trying so hard to hold back the tears and hold back his emotions and I was just like uh, what is going on right now <laughs> like where I don't know where this is. like I had no idea where this was going like yeah I didn't know what his train of thought was so finally you know he's telling me that he goes to give his mom you know a hug and um he could just tell by the way that she was like holding him that she knew that he wasn't coming back because my father's plan was always to come here um, spend a few years here, make some money, and go back uh-huh. home. Yeah. And um, he said that he felt like he knew, or that she knew that he wasn't coming back. And um, so he left, and he never went back. And um, I think that was, like, a really, really um, difficult thing, and I don't think he's ever actually said that out loud. Yeah. Um, I think that was the first time he ever, ever said that out loud to anybody and um, it was just, like, a really shocking, but in a good way, moment um, for him. And because um, me and him are very similar in, in, in terms of not really sharing our um, feelings. Um, and so we talked about that and, and leaving. And then um, we talked about um, how his, his father passed away when I was, like, two I think one or two years old. So I, I, maybe I met him as an infant, but I don't, I never knew him. Um, but basically he was telling me how he felt like after he left, um, and people tell him now, you know, that knew his father, that after he left, um, his dad kind of started to lose his mind. And I mean, back then they didn't, it's not, it wasn't Alzheimer's. It wasn't dementia. Like he was just kind of like losing his mind, like out of it. Um, and my father, you know, since he's found out, has always felt like that was attributed to him leaving. Like, his father, his him and his dad were so close that he just, he's always felt like it was his fault that his yeah. um, father passed. And, um, you could tell that that was, like, really hard on him. And so I feel like, um, so he was just sharing with me that he, you know, he, he has that concern, um, which is a concern that I've always had and I've never, ever expressed. And I, I didn't express it to him that night either. Um, but I know about my grandfather. Like, I know what happened to him. And I've, my mom's made comments here and there, you know, your dad's just acting just like his dad, just like your grandfather, da-da-da. And, like, you could tell sometimes, like, his he the, his train of thought or, like, just little things that he says or does every once in a while, very rarely... And, and it's like, I've always had that fear, like, oh my God, what if that happens to my dad? Even if I wasn't moving. You yeah. Know, what if, you know, he can't remember who I am at some point. What if, you know, whatever happens to him. So, you know, and he's like, I don't want you to think that I'm telling you this because I, I want, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to feel guilty about leaving or anything like that. But 
you know, it was just a, a, a something that I've carried and, and yeah. it is it is a scary thing, you know. Your parents are getting older and like they're like, Do I live my life or do I stay here and wait until they die? Because we're yeah. humans, everybody's gonna die. Um so it was just it was really tough to hear all that, but it was good. I think it was definitely something we had to to get through and to communicate and um we just had a, a lot of other little talks about me and how he, you know, understands and respects me just for the way that I've moved throughout my life and handled a lot of the situations that have come my way. And so out of both of his daughters, not that he doesn't trust my sister, um, but he feels the most comfortable with me leaving and going so far um, yeah. and being out of his reach because he understands that um, I would never purposely put myself in bad situations. Um, whereas... My sister, when she was younger, um, she didn't always make the best decisions, but I, you know, have a good track record so far so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that he knows of. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I just think it was a really pivotal um, moment and conversation for us to have and and for him to just kind of, like, give his blessing in a sense, like, all right, go, and... Um, I don't think I really realized it until that moment, but that was definitely something that I needed to be able to comfortably um, go and be at peace with the decision that I was making to leave my family and move 3,000 yeah. miles away. So um, I was really grateful to to have that um, moment. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think what my conversation with my dad did was just, like, motivate me, like, turn the fuck up, Rowan. Yeah. You know, like, it's time to get real serious and um, just make shit happen because I honestly don't, I like, I, I want to call up my dad one day and be like, you don't have to work anymore. Yeah. Like, that is what I want to do. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's exactly what we were talking about in the last episode with Fayabam about, you know, following your dreams and all that stuff and, like, being able to call them up one day and be like, all right, like, let's go looking for houses or let's go, you know, make sure that this is taken care of or your mortgage is done being being paid and things like that. And, um... Yeah, that's success to me. Success yeah. to me isn't yeah. being able to do all, like, these things, like, by myself. Like, no, like, I would rather live in a fucking shoebox and give my parents... Like yeah. freedom, financial freedom. Mm -hmm. Then it'd be the other way around. <laughs> like they struggled and sacrificed so much for me that it's like my turn. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you know, coming to repay that. Yeah, coming into this age, you know, mid to late twenties. <laughs> um, that's kind of where your mind starts going once you do. Um, you know, just start thinking about the future and what's going to happen because not only are you thinking about your future and, like, if you're going to settle down or what your plan is going to be, like, and in turn, just automatically you think about your family and your parents and, like, well, if I'm thinking about my future, like, they're kind of in it. Like, what's going to happen to them, you know? So, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting time <laughs> to, yeah. to, be, to be processing and going through and, and growing and learning. Oh my god, this is like a crazy time. Like, not even just at this age and then being women, too, on top of it. Yeah. Like, I really feel like, like I was telling Fiebaum, like, we are 
it's a race with time, you know, as much yeah. as I, I want to be like, oh, just free-spirited and whatever yeah. happens, happens or whatever. Like, I am that way, but nobody's getting younger. Mm-hmm. And I just keep thinking about my parents and my parents getting older and, like, really not knowing, like, what could happen and when. Yeah. And I, I just want to see them secure in my lifetime. Like, I just need it to happen. Yeah. Oh, well. So... Thanks. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, but I guess speaking of like the future and, and all of that, I wanted to share a little something. It's a little tricky. It's a tricky conversation because I think people are, you know, people aren't believers. But um, I, okay, so ever since we went to California last year for my birthday, that weekend, <clears throat> my birthday is May 4th, that weekend I was seeing the number 5'4 mm-hmm. everywhere, everywhere, it was in our hotel room number when we were in Vegas, it was, it was just everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh, you know, at the time I was like, oh, it's a coincidence, it's just because it's my birthday, I'm just right. seeing it, it's all in my head or whatever, and every time I would see it, um, it was like something that had to do with just being there mm-hmm. and um, that weekend. And I felt like when we were there that weekend, that's when we went with Mabel for the first time, mm-hmm. who is now going to be our roommate. Um, it, I just felt like I was vibrating on a higher level. Mm-hmm. Like when I was there, just little things. Remember when we were in San Diego and I looked out of the hotel room window oh, yeah. and like the first thing I saw. <laughs> um, and shit like that is not an accident it's not a coincidence you know you're not crazy like there are signs I feel like and um it's supposed to just help you just you know open up your third eye and like really like just start paying attention to them so that you know during that trip on my birthday on May 4th we went skydiving Mm -hmm. um and that was like, you know, on my bucket list. It was something I really wanted to do. One of the biggest things I wanted to do, um, ever. And, you know, I finally got to cross it off and I just remember the feeling of when I jumped out of the plane Mm -hmm. leading up to it. Once I jumped out and just like this rush and this high that I was feeling. And, but it was also just a feeling of calm, Mm -hmm. you know, once the parachute opened up, it's such a rush when you're free falling and then the parachute opened up. And I, 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 I felt like a, a goddess. Yeah. I literally felt like a goddess. I felt like, holy fuck, like, I'm so connected to this, this world, this mm-hmm. place. Like, looking down, seeing Malibu, the, the water, the, the trees, the mountains. It was just so overwhelmingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I felt like just this whole, whole, like, an overwhelming feeling of just calm just came over me. And I remember after landing and then we, you know, we left and just even driving, every little thing felt good. Every Mm -hmm. little feeling after that was like, wow, like just driving. I was like, this is so great. (laughs) You know, just, I just felt like such an appreciation for everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I was before, but it was just like a different, it was just different. I just felt like after I went skydiving, just things were just different. Mm -hmm. Uh, and after that day, things were different. And so after that, you know, we came back or whatever, and I was still seeing 5'4". Mm-hmm. And every time I would see it, it would be moments that I'd be thinking about my just life changes. Um, 
about California, about moving, about my career, about my goals, about, you know, just everything. And up until yesterday, like I still see the number mm-hmm. every day I see it. And every time I see it, it's when I'm thinking about something like that. It's almost like an affirmation, mm-hmm. you know, like I see it and I'm like, oh, and I thought it was crazy um, until I saw this one girl, Organic Olivia. She's a she's a blogger. Um, she posted something about her angel number. Mm-hmm. It was like 469 and how she's seen it so many times. And every time she sees it, it's always when she's going through something or thinking about something. And I was riding in the car the other day with one of my girlfriends, and she brought, she brought up her number mm-hmm. and how she's been seeing the same number. And her aunt just passed away. And... Um, She's been seeing it a lot ever since she passed away, and she looked up the meaning, and it was super on point. So I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. So I told her about mine, and she's like, well, look up the meaning. So I look up the meaning, and it's so crazy, crazy, crazy on point. I'll read a little bit about it. So my angel number is 54. It happens to be my birthday. But basically, the number five relates to the attributes of courage and motivation, making positive choices and life changes, imagination and curiosity, adaptability and versatility, life lessons learned through experiences and challenges. The number four resonates with priorities, construction and building solid foundations, conviction and determination, dependability and reliability. Um, the number four also carries the qualities of our passion and drive in life and resonates with the energies of the archangels. It says that the angel number 54 is a message from your angels that the ideas, thoughts, and desires you have been experiencing are an indication that it is time to prioritize your life and make the necessary changes in order to align yourself with your soul mission and life purpose. So crazy. 54 brings a message that the changes you are making to aspects of your life will bring about wonderful new opportunities for growth and expansion on all levels. Trust your intuition and the guidance from the angels to lead you in the right direction in regards to your divine life purpose and soul mission. 54 suggests that the devoted hard work you have put towards achieving your goals and aspirations, as well as your positive affirmations and expectations, will manifest auspicious opportunities sorry, auspicious opportunities and rewards for you. With these opportunities come life changes that will bring improvements on all levels. So basically it just feels like it's telling you to go ahead and do what you feel like you've been feeling. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's always what I got from it. Every time I saw it, Mm -hmm. it was like, I just felt like, okay, thank you. Like, or I'd smile after I stopped feeling like I was crazy. Yeah. Um, and 54 also relates to the number nine. So you add them together, which is also my life path number because it happens to be my birthday. So, you know, it's like, and this is like, they call this is the angel numbers. I'm not very religious. So you take everything with a grain of salt, but numbers are part of nature and life. Universal and there's, number. Yeah. And sequences. So um, you can look at it as a numerology thing, but um, the number nine is the, is the number of universal love, eternity, and faith, and um, enlightenment, and spirituality, and awakening, humanitarianism, um, charity, you know, selflessness, all of these things mm-hmm. that I've just been feeling. Yeah, um, and are starting to come into fruition, you right. know, with all the projects and stuff that we've been working on, so. Yeah, and yeah, everything's been kind of manifesting, Um so, yeah, it was really cool to finally, like, 
look it up mm-hmm. and have something to make me feel a little more sane mm-hmm. and a little something I could identify these feelings with and the reason why I see it. And I guess I just um, pay attention, guys. Like, there are signs out there. there. It's not a coincidence. You're not crazy. Um, and everyone gets there at a different time. You know, there's people that are more enlightened, you know, at a younger age, and that's awesome. Uh, you know, I wish it would have happened sooner for me, but, you know, you trust the timing of your life um, and just just really pay attention. Like, you're not crazy. There's a reason why you see things. There's a reason why you feel things. Trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, believe in yourself and know that, like, the universe is, is on your side. Mm-hmm. It's um, not conspiring against you. It's conspiring, like, with you. Always, always. And once the more you wake up, the more you realize how connected you are to everything around you, the more that, you know, it makes sense. So it it was really awesome to see. Um, And because I was going through like this, that was after I had the talk with my dad and I was feeling like, fuck, should I leave? Like now I feel like this is like a horrible time to leave. Like I just want to stay here and be here for him and like do things with him and like, and and whatever and um so it was good to have that because I was like damn good yeah I'm glad yeah I hope I find my number one day you will (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure little things have been happening that are like leading you in a certain direction oh yeah so awesome all right what else do we have (laughs) I don't know. I think that's it. Should we just end with, like, a question? Do we have one? You're always good at this. No. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I actually feel this morning, like, I, like, kind of woke up around, like, 6, 7, and then, like, I went back to sleep, but, like, I feel like in between that, like, little wake up and, like, going back to sleep and then waking up again, I feel like I had a dream about two questions and I remember thinking like in my waking up like oh these would be two good ones to ask on the podcast and then I fell asleep again and now I don't remember them and I'm so really yes it was so weird I was just like oh that'd be such a good one and then like passed out (laughs) I'm I'm really trying to get um in tune with my dreams because you can train your mind to start yeah, like yeah. dreaming differently or whatever I need to start writing shit down when I wake up because I, I don't remember I remember it in the mo- moment and I'm like oh my gosh and then I always say that I'm gonna write them down because I do sometimes I wake up and I'm just like what the fuck and then like I'm just so groggy and like clouded that I'm just like I'm just going back to sleep I can't even think to write anything right now I don't even know what letters are <laughs> a word so. um Huh. I mean, didn't we have... We had some from listeners. There was... I feel like there was one... One of our listeners asked a while ago about how um, a guy should approach a girl at the club because we were, oh, like, yeah. talking about how, like, don't t- don't talk to me, but, like, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. So they were like, well, then how should someone, some, you know, a guy approach a female at a club or out? You know, I feel like I we should have, like, a great answer for this, but, like, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the right way would be. Actually, that's a lie. I did have, I was sober, though. I was drinking water, and it was one night I went to Amnesia, 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> with Barbara. That was, that was my spot. Yeah, I went to Amnesia with Barbara one night, and um, we were just chilling. We're, we're, you know, we were at um, one of, I think it was one of her friend's tables or something like that, and um, it was one of those, like, booth things, but it, the circle ones that go, like, all the way around that they had at Amnesia. So, like, mm-hmm. on the other side of the table was a, this group of guys, and, like, we were all standing on that middle platform of the round booth, and, like, we were dancing or whatever, and I was just drinking a bottle of water, and this guy, he comes up to me, and he had a bottle of water, too, and he was like, cheers, da-da-da, he's like, so you're the sober friend tonight, whatever, and then we just started talking, and I'll, and then, like, we ended up, like, going out, like, I think to dinner and, like, meeting up one other time in the city, but, like, that was it, nothing really ever came of it, but, like, I guess if you are going to approach somebody, like, that was... I guess that worked because yeah. <laughs> I hung out with him afterwards, but it wasn't like an intrusive thing. Like, Hey girl, you want to dance or like, you know, it was yeah. just like a little like side note, like, Hey, I'm drinking water too. Like, da, da, da. and then it just like rolled into conversation. Right. And like, I was like, I didn't feel, um, uh, what's the word? I didn't feel like he was like, like taking over my space or like, like, uh, damn intrusive. it, what is the fuck? Yes, intrusive. I didn't feel, like, intruded I've been really on. good at this. Yes, you have. I'm so having the words for you. <laughs> I didn't feel so intrusive, and I was just, like, open, and I was just like, all right, this guy's not a danger. <laughs> Stranger danger. <laughs> Stranger danger. Abort. Abort. And, Abort. yeah, and I feel like that's happened maybe one other time in a club where somebody's just, like, come up and mentioned one little thing. Oh, that guy, um, when we went to brunch with, um at the Highland Ballroom, and that guy, he, like, lives in Vegas or whatever, and I was talking uh-huh. to him, like, the whole time. I don't know if it was Halloween or one other time. And yeah, then, like, we texted here and there afterwards. We never, like, really met up, but I don't know. It was just one of those things where I just, like, sat down, and then he just asked me, like, a random question about something on my phone, and we just started talking. I was just like, oh, you're, like, really cool, you know? Yeah. And it was just, like, a non, same thing, non, like, intrusive invading of personal space or, like, anything like that. So I was, like, open to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess when I'm in the club, I just don't want, like, just don't, don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't really care how cute you are. I don't really, like, I don't know. I'm usually just not with that. Yeah. I'm not in that, that, like, mind frame. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've probably met one person at the club that I ended up, like, talking to for a little bit, but that was, like, a totally different situation. Um, but. What is on your face? I don't know. What is that? <laughs> oh, it was just like a piece of tissue. Oh, I was like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> from, um, yeah, wiping, wiping off these tears. Um, I think, well, I think really what every guy should do is wait for that eye contact. The eye contact, yeah. Yeah, like, you, you should know. And, you know, not many guys are smart, one. Two, a lot of them don't have any game. Um, so I'm sorry for you guys. You're going to have to work on it a little bit more, but yeah, it's, it's eye contact. Like if, if, if a female opens up that line, you'll know, like if she's given you that vibe, like you have to, people just have to get a little bit more intuitive Mm -hmm. with vibes and like you can, and just reading people, it doesn't come as naturally for, for everyone. But I think that's what it really comes down to. Like if a, if a girl is there with her girls, looks like she doesn't want to be bothered. Don't bother her. Yeah. You know, like just don't, um, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Um, 
I yeah, I don't really I don't really have the right answer for it. I will tell you the things that you shouldn't do. <laughs> what you shouldn't do is so last week I was out. Um, you know, and ever since I dyed my hair blonde, I've always had really big hair, but it's like even bigger right yeah. now. It's super big and fluffy, and I and I I've noticed people just like to touch it. Oh my god! Don't touch my hair. Just randomly touch it. I don't mind it if I know you. Sometimes. But I was. <laughs> <laughs> but I was out at the club. And I felt someone put their hand in my hair, like really like feeling my hair. Yeah, like into the And I the turn roots. around. Yeah. And I turn around and it's just this, this random dude. And I was like, do I know you? And he's like, oh, not. And I was like, all right, so why are you touching me? And he was like, he just looked at me like, what? And I was like, this is my, liter-, and I literally was like, this is my personal space. Don't. Like, please exit. <laughs> Please exit. Exit only. <laughs> Yo! Like, what? The nerve. The yeah. nerve. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Especially to get into the roots, because then that, like, disrupts your hair. Like, that's when it gets frizzy and, like, ugly puffy. Not, like, the big afro-y puffy. So it's like, bro. You're disrupting my roots. And there, and the night set that happens, it's, like, on 100. Like, everybody. <laughs> like, I'll have nights where it's, like five, ten people are just touching my hair. I'm like, okay, I, I get it. It looks like sex hair. <laughs> it's crazy. But what is this magnetic force drawing you to it? No. Literally, you can't control yourself. It's not okay. Don't touch the hair. Damn don't it. touch the hair. Don't touch the ass. Don't touch the waist. Don't touch anything below my neck or above it. <laughs> don't touch me. <laughs> just grab me by the neck. <laughs> by the throat. <laughs> So I so if I can catch a case, because I will kill somebody. Oh my god! All right. Well, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> there is no right way to approach a female. At the yeah, I guess that's the answer. There's no right way, but if you are gonna try, then just play it cool, and just try Don't to come up physical. with something, you know, normal interesting topic call you know if you see something interesting or just be chill man just be chill don't be thirsty <laughs> don't, don't be thirsty drink a gallon of water before you go out to the club <laughs> to avoid any thirst <laughs> word all right y'all okay guys thanks for listening and we will see you next week Bye. We won't see them. You say that every I time. know, but you know, like, <laughs> you'll hear us next week, all right? Is that better? Here's next week. All right, bye. <laughs> bye.